Hello, hello! Welcome into another story about the Peters family. This week's story, Mama Peters Melts Down, is a really good one. I know I say that a lot, so you can listen to it and decide for yourself. Don't forget to listen for the hymn title or a line from a hymn within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. Last week, we didn't have a winner, and I think it's because we threw you for a loop without intending to. Joy to the World was the hymn title from the story, The Peters Celebrate Christmas in July. Hopefully, though, we'll have a winner this week. Now, is everyone ready for the story? Let's get it started. Mama Peters melts down. Mama Peters was standing in the kitchen staring out the window as she washed the dishes. She was lost in thought, but mostly she was praying about all that her day held. The sun had barely risen, and though she had been up early reading her Bible, she already felt behind. Both Pearson and Penelope had mid-morning dental appointments scheduled, and Patience and Priscilla, their twin toddler sisters, had checkups with the doctor after that. After the appointments, the plan was to have lunch with the Wells. Finn Wells was Pearson's best friend. And Mama Peters was also planning to bring dinner to Mr. Flaverty, the widower down the street. So she was already feeling a bit stressed for time. Daddy Peters quietly tiptoed downstairs and kissed Mama Peters on the forehead. Morning, Mama Peters. Shh! Mama Peters hoped that his greeting hadn't awakened the children. Oh, sorry, Daddy Peters sweetly replied and sat down at the table. Mama Peters handed him a bowl of cereal and a glass of orange juice. Thanks, darling. By the way, I think I'll have to work late today. There's just so much to do. Oh, really? Well, it sure would have been nice to have you home to help out this evening. I have to bring a meal to Mr. Flaverty, and I already feel behind in my day. Well, do you think you'll be able to handle it all? Maybe if it's too much, you should just cancel some of your day. Oh, no! The children will be so disappointed if we don't go to the Wells house for lunch, and I already told Mr. Flaverty that I'll be bringing him dinner. Well, dear, have you thought about buying him a meal? You know, Express Edibles make some good dinners, and you wouldn't have to cook. They could even deliver it, unless you'd rather deliver it personally. Oh, no, I couldn't do that. No, I'm not going to buy him a meal. I I mean, I could never. Daddy Peters looked dumbfounded. Why not? Well, I I don't know. I I just want him to have a homemade dinner. That's kind of the point. I think he'll enjoy it more. So what about buying dinner for our family? I could pick up some burritos on the way home from work. That might lighten your load. No, no, I appreciate it, sweetie, but I don't want to spend money unnecessarily. I can just make our dinner as I'm making Mr. Flaverty's dinner. It's fine. Well, all righty then, but you might get so slammed that you might have to cut something out, hon. It's not easy going at a breakneck pace with four children in the house already. You can't go to bed exhausted, wake up at the crack of dawn, and have a thousand things to do and do it all well. I know, Daddy Peters. Thank you, and I'll keep that in mind. Mama's response was half-hearted as she placed the last of the peeled potatoes in the pot of water. She turned on the burner and set to the task of malleting the chicken and dredging it in a mixture of flour and other dry ingredients. Well, I can see that your mind is made up. How about I just pray for you, Daddy Peters offered. Mama Peters nodded her assent, and Daddy Peters prayed for strength and endurance and patience for her day. Daddy Peters could tell that Mama Peters was not fully at peace, and he prayed that God would give her wisdom as to what she might need to cut out and what to pursue. Mama Peters, too, prayed silently that God would strengthen her for the task at hand, and after a hearty amen, the two embraced, and Daddy Peters headed off to work. Mama Peters watched him get into the car and drive off, and couldn't help but notice how handsome he looked in his gray suit and navy tie. 
Her heart swelled with affection for this wonderful man that God had given to her. But she didn't have time to dwell on her thoughts as she heard the crying of Priscilla upstairs. She quickly darted to her room, hoping to grab her before the others awakened. After all, it wasn't even 6.30 a.m. yet. But Priscilla had a bad habit of early mornings, and Mama Peters whispered a frantic prayer. Please help her get back to sleep, Lord. I need the time this morning. But when Mama Peters reached the landing, Priscilla's cries grew louder. <coughs> Mama Peters dashed through the door of the twins' room, but was met with quite a sight and smell. Patience was standing in her crib, pointing to Priscilla in hers and crying hysterically. Priscilla had stepped on her jammy pant leg and had managed to pull her pants mostly off and her diaper had come undone and was hanging partway down her leg and was full of yuck. Priscilla had her other hand in the yuck and was doing her best to wipe it off her bedroom wall. She was obviously bothered and didn't want it all over the place. But guess what? Mama Peters didn't either and she gasped in horror and quickly grabbed Priscilla and did all she could to keep her diaper from causing further damage. Patience continued to scream in her bed. Mama Peters ran to Penelope's room, Priscilla in hand, and shook Penelope awake with her foot. Penelope opened her eyes. She was groggy and tried to assimilate the sight. Gross, Mama Peters, what is that smell? Penelope, get up and please tend to Patience. I need to get Priscilla in the bath immediately. Okay, but what is that stink? Penelope persisted, plugging her nose in dramatic fashion. Mama Peters, aggravated that she had to stop to explain, snapped, Penelope, just get up and handle patience. I have a lot to do. Penelope, smarting a bit from Mama Peters' impatient tone, but realizing how much Mama Peters needed her quick responses, hopped out of bed and raced into the twins' room. Mama Peters felt a twinge of guilt as she watched her sweet oldest daughter try to appease her. And she knew she was wrong, but she couldn't do much about it right then, as she had a poopy child hanging from her hands. Mama Peters bathed Priscilla and then walked into the twins' room, where she intended to clean the walls of the offensive and foul-smelling yuck. But she was hit by the aroma of disinfectant, and in her just as Penelope was wiping away the last of the smears, while Patience sat on the floor playing happily with a little Miss Molly doll. Oh, Penelope, thank you so much, honey. I know that that was so yucky. You're welcome, Mama Peters. It was super yucky. In fact, I gagged like, like four times but I knew that you really needed help. You are so sweet, Penelope, and I wasn't so sweet. Would you forgive me for... But before Mama Peters could finish her sentence, she heard the shrill sounds of the smoke detector blaring its warning throughout the house. She nearly threw Priscilla to Penelope and darted downstairs to find out what was going on. It was a millisecond before she remembered. It was her potatoes. They had been on the stove boiling away. She was horrified at the mess that she knew would greet her upon entering the kitchen. And boy, was she right. Smoke was billowing out of the entryway. She frantically waved her arms, trying to clear the air. The stench in her nostrils was acrid, and she was certain the potatoes were toast. She grabbed a chair and pulled it up to the wall where she hopped up and grabbed the shrieking detector. She folded it up into her apron to stop its blaring and ran to the front door and tossed the detector under the porch where she turned off the stove and threw the scalding pot into the sink, where she ran cold water into what had been boiling potatoes. As the smoke cleared, she squinted her eyes, searching the pot for signs of potato life, but she found none, 
In fact, the insides of the pot were nothing but a scorched mess, lumpy and charred, stuck to the bottom and sides of the pot. Only superhero powers would be able to clean that pot. In her frustration, she grabbed the pot and marched it out of the house to the side yard where the garbage cans were kept. Unceremoniously, she threw the whole steaming mess into the bin. Well, that's that. So much for a yummy meal for Mr. Flaverty. Red-faced and upset, Mama Peters walked back into the house where all four of the children stood at the doorway to the kitchen, wondering what in the world was going on. Good morning, children. You have dental appointments in one hour. Get changed quickly and get ready to go. We have to take the twins downtown after that for a doctor's appointment. After their appointment, we'll stop over at the Wells house for some fun and some lunch. Then I must get a meal ready for Mr. Flaverty because I'm bringing dinner to him tonight, so snap to it. Mama's tone was somewhat harsh. Pearson took a quick glance at Penelope. He was wide-eyed and was completely perplexed about what had caused this disruption in what had looked to be a lovely summer day. But Penelope knew better than to tell him right then and instead turned on heel and walked upstairs to change. Mama Peters was not in good spirits, and she knew she ought to really mind her P's and Q's so that she might not fall victim to Mama Peters' ire. Mama Peters handed Pearson and Penelope a granola bar for breakfast and quickly fed applesauce packets to the twins. Mama Peters, uh, granola bars? I, I feel like I'm going to be a, I feel like I'm going to be more hungry than this. Pearson was delicate, so as not to question the fragile Mama Peters. Pearson, just eat. We have to go. I don't have time to make a big breakfast this morning. I have to finish this chicken before we go. In fact, we have no time for family worship this morning. You and Penelope just recite the catechism together. Then we need to rush off. I just cannot believe the kind of day it's been so far. Pearson and Penelope quickly ate their breakfast despite how meager it was, knowing that Mama Peters was not in the frame of mind to be bothered with offering more food to them. When they had finished their granola bar, they set to work helping Mama put together the chicken dish for Mr. Flaverty. Mama Peters had done a 180 and decided to saute the chicken and put it into a pasta with white sauce and bacon and tomatoes. She would drop the meal off this morning rather than wait to bring it in the evening. She would drop it off on the way to the dentist. Penelope dutifully mixed the salad and placed it in a container. It wasn't too much longer before the meal was done and they all made their way to the car. Pearson was holding patience and Mama Peters had Priscilla and the salad. Penelope was carrying the glass dish of aromatic chicken and pasta and her stomach was growling at the smell of it. She was the first one out the door and onto the porch. But before she knew what was happening, she lost her footing and launched the glass dish of chicken and pasta about ten feet down the walkway, where it shattered, sending steaming meat and sauce and pasta all over the yard. Penelope was on the ground, her ankle having been badly twisted. She had heard a cracking sound upon falling and was certain she broke her leg. Mama Peters! My leg! I think I broke my leg! Mama Peters froze for a minute. She was stunned but then bent down to tend to Penelope. She noticed her ankle had immediately puffed up, and she gingerly touched Penelope's leg. Why do you think it's broken, honey? I, I don't think it's broken. Because, Mama Peters, I heard a loud cracking sound. Is it this? Pearson asked, holding up the smashed smoke detector that had been the culprit of Penelope's fall. Mama Peters looked at the smoke detector, which was cracked and broken, and looked back at Penelope, who was still whimpering. Maybe, Penelope answered, but my ankle does hurt really, really bad. I know, and we are going to go right to the doctor instead of the dentist, Mama Peters said, concern etched into her brow. On the way to the doctor, Mama Peters called Mrs. Wells and canceled their hangout plans and asked for prayer for Penelope. Mrs. Wells expressed understanding and agreed to pray. Of course, as with every other emergency appointment that Mama Peters had ever had, 
The wait was excruciating. Pearson and Penelope's bellies growled from hunger, and Mama Peters rifled through her purse, searching for old fruit snacks or crumbled granola bars. She found nothing, though, and instead handed them breath mints to stave off their hunger. At long last, they were able to see a doctor, and after an x-ray and physical examination, the doctor determined that Penelope had thankfully not broken her leg, but had sustained a fairly serious sprain. He gave her a removable cast, and after many instructions about icing and tending to her injury, he sent them on their way. By the time they left the doctor's office, lunch had been a thing of the past, so Mama Peters stopped at a fast food establishment and grabbed a quick snack before heading to the dentist, where they had been able to reschedule their appointment. The dental appointment took nearly as long as the doctor appointment. After another two hours had passed, the Peters were finally on their way home. Mama Peters checked the clock and knew she wouldn't have time to put together a meal for Mr. Flaverty, so she swung by Pizza Earth, picked up a large pizza and salad, and drove it to Mr. Flaverty's house. Standing on the porch of Mr. Flaverty's house, Mama Peters didn't really feel like staying long for a visit. She was completely wiped out from a difficult day, and all she wanted to do was collapse on the couch. But Mr. Flaverty was a lonely man and appreciative of the company. He invited the Peters in and offered them water and asked if they would like to stay for dinner. Oh, thank you, Mr. Flaverty, but we have to be home soon. Daddy Peters will be home for dinner, so I need to get cooking on our own dinner, Mama Peters answered. Oh, okay, no problem. How are you guys? That looks like a leg problem there, Penelope. Mr. Flaverty looked concerned for his little friend. Yep, I sprained it. Penelope was proud of her fine removable boot. Mr. Flaverty laughed and told how he'd broken his leg in the war. Mama Peters could tell that they were in for a long story and breathed an internal sigh. As Mr. Flaverty told his story, Mama Peters found herself being drawn in and began listening intently to his wonderful tale of heroism in battle. She knew she had a lot to do, but the needs of the future were melting away as she listened and admired this wonderful man who had been their neighbor for as long as she could remember. Mr. Flaverty took his time to paint a picture of the details and was sure to tell them how God had done a mighty work in his heart because of his suffering. He told of all the opportunities he had been given to share the gospel as a result of his wartime experiences. That could very well be why my favorite song is Redeemed How I Love to Proclaim It, because there is nothing better than to proclaim and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mama felt her heart soften as she thought about all that this man had gone through and how her rough day was nothing compared to it. Moreover, she knew that God had called for her to sit quietly and listen for a few moments and to be thoughtful about her life. Listening to what Mr. Flaverty had said brought to mind the verse in James 4.14 that says, For what is your life? Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. After a few more minutes of talking, the Peters had to sadly say goodbye and drive back to their own house. When they pulled up in the driveway, Daddy Peter's car was already parked, and Mama felt terrible, knowing he would be very hungry and that she hadn't yet cooked dinner. Walking toward the porch, they noticed Daddy Peter scooping up the last bits of glass shards and chicken from the walkway under the dustpan and walked it around to the garbage cans. Mama Peters felt just awful having left the mess for Daddy Peters to clean up. Oh, Daddy Peters, thank you! Mama Peters lovingly hugged Daddy Peters, who was simply happy to see his family. They all walked into the house together and headed straight for the kitchen, where Mama Peters intended to throw together a dinner of cheese and crackers. I'm sorry I don't have dinner, honey. It's, it's just been a wild day. Daddy Peters interrupted. I knew it was going to be, honey. So I bought burritos! Daddy Peters handed out the giant burritos to everyone, and Mama Peters breathed a sigh of relief and took a burrito. 
feeling the guilt of her sin begin to spring out of her heart and vent from her eyes in streams of tears. Oh, everyone, I'm so sorry for today. I'm so sorry for my impatience. I was harsh and kind, and I didn't do what the Bible says. And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you. This was God's will for me today. But I was proud. I let my pride get in the way. Even though Daddy Peters had suggested that I just buy Mr. Flaverty some food from Express Edibles, I was insistent on making something and not angry about the poop on the walls and the smell of the room. And I was upset that my perfectly good pot was ruined and in the trash and that things didn't go the way I had planned. But I was wrong. Everything went just as the Lord had planned for me. And I am so ashamed of my response. I've recently memorized Psalm 119, 133. And it says, establish my footsteps in your word and do not let any iniquity have dominion over me. I didn't practice that verse today. I allowed my anger and my pride to get in the way and insist that I do things my way. Would you all please forgive me? You are so wonderful and sweet and the biggest blessing in my life. And I treated you all poorly. So please forgive me. Oh, Mama Peters, we do. After hearing Penelope and Pearson's response, the twins chimed in trying to mimic them. We do! We do! Wow, Mama Peters, now I'm curious. What in the world went on while I was at work? Poop on the walls and a pot in the trash? Well, whatever happened in your crazy day, I forgive you, my love. I know it can be a challenge to raise four kids, two of which are twins, and try to serve others outside of our home, too. You do it with grace. I love you, Mama Peters. Oh, Daddy Peters, I don't deserve your forgiveness or anyone's forgiveness. My sin stinks like the poop on the walls. But boy, am I thankful for you guys. Mama Peters hugged Daddy Peters, and they kissed passionately. Like most kids who see their parents kissing, they were kind of grossed out. But secretly, they were glad that their parents were so in love. So Daddy Peters, Daddy Peters turned to face Pearson. Would it be okay if we pray and eat? We're starving. But all this poop talk might just make me lose my appetite. Daddy Peters chuckled. <laughs> they all bowed their heads and gave thanks to God for the delicious burritos. This is Grandma's Corner. We just heard about the hectic day Mama Peters had. And I'm sure all of us can relate to having a day when nothing seemed to go right. My daughter Barbie had such a day when she was about 10 years old. And she graciously agreed to make a recording about it to share with you all. But before we listen to how her crazy day went, I remember a rotten day I had many years ago as well. It was the Christmas season and I had gone to UPS to mail some packages. Unfortunately, I inadvertently locked the keys in the car and it had begun to pour down rain. I called my husband so he could bring the extra set of keys to me, but he couldn't find them. And I soon discovered that the extra set of keys was in my purse. We weren't sure what to do. In those days, my husband worked a night shift and he needed to get to work, but he couldn't until I returned home because our kids needed someone to stay with them. It was a conundrum and we didn't have cell phones in those days either. So I began to get impatient with my husband over the phone. It certainly wasn't his fault, but I sort of blamed him. I finally called a company that was able to get in my car with a tool that allowed entry since the door locks weren't the kind that you could open with a coat hanger. I was greatly relieved when the guy who came was able to open the car door. So I called my husband from the UPS office and told him I was on the way home. I was soaked to the gills from the rain and got in my car and got on the freeway. 
The freeway was jam-packed with cars. It was like a parking lot. No one was going anywhere very fast. It was the height of the Christmas season. It was raining and it was rush hour. When the driver in the next lane began to get in front of me, he almost accidentally hit me. So I tapped on my horn. I didn't tap it loud at all. But what happened was unbelievable. The horn got stuck. So here I am, soaked to the gills. I've just had a two hour experience at UPS trying to figure out how to get in my car and get home. My husband is waiting to go to work and my car horn is jammed. And it was blaring just like the smoke detector in the story was. I could not believe it. Other drivers were looking over at me and looking annoyed and I was so embarrassed and chagrined but there wasn't a thing I could do about it. When I got off at my exit, cars were bumper to bumper and my horn was making an ear-splitting, unrelenting noise. By that time, I was so aggravated and just like Mama Peters, I'd had it. I finally arrived home with the horn still honking and my husband raced outside wondering what in the world the racket was about. Over the sound of the horn honking, I yelled, the horn is stuck, the horn is stuck. My very patient husband popped open the hood and disconnected the battery. Peace at last. But I had lost my cool, and I had displeased the Lord with my attitude. So later on, I apologized to my sweet husband, who had done nothing wrong, and I had just looked for someone to blame. And I had lost my temper, and I had to confess my sin of giving into my angry emotions. Aren't you thrilled that God is so patient and kind and forgiving to us? I sure am. Now it's time for my daughter's story. Have you ever had a really bad day? I remember when I was 10 years old, one day I went to my math class. It was a homeschool math class. And we were having to learn about math using M&Ms. And we got to sort out all the colors and we had to determine how many M&Ms, how many orange M&Ms were in the bag. And we had to figure out percentages and fractions. And it was just such a great lesson. And it was super fun that day, especially since you could use M&Ms. And so, at the end, we got to keep our M&M's. When my mom picked me up, when I got in the car, I spilled my M&M's. And I was pretty disappointed because I really was looking forward to eating them. And of course, I probably ate some off the floor. When I got home, I was with, with my sister hanging out in the garage and I hoisted myself up between two folding chairs. My feet were off the floor. I was standing, I would be vertical. And I had my arms like they were a, like a, a pommel horse and I started swinging back and forth between these chairs, which was really fun, until the chairs kind of slid and moved a little bit, and it caused me to fall flat on my face. I hit the ground so hard on the concrete floor that my nose felt like it had been broken. My nose was bleeding profusely. I remember just the pain. But later on, I had gymnastics to go to, that day was a hard day because we were doing our back walkovers, our back bends, and then we had to kick over. And I just struggled with it. I, I just kept trying and trying. And I'm not one that's who like to give up, but I was at a point where I was getting angry and frustrated and then angry tears just come, were coming down. And I kept trying and trying. I finally kicked over. And it was the one time I could do that in my whole entire life. And I remember feeling so excited that I did it and I didn't give up, but I remember that whole day I felt like everything had gone wrong. And when you have that mindset, one thing goes wrong and something else might go wrong or not go your way, it's easy to believe that the rest of the day will go wrong. Sometimes your attitude's not a good attitude. And I remember specifically thinking, 
what now or everything's not going my way. I'm not sure if I even told the Lord that I was sorry for my anger, but looking back now or growing up, I've learned that when I'm having a bad day, that I need to change my outlook and look to the Lord for comfort and to thank Him, even in the midst of me feeling that sadness or that anger or that frustration or whatever emotion I'm feeling that's not joyful. Thanks, Barbie. Every one of us have had bad days. There's some great verses in James that talks about counting it joy when you have trials, like when things don't go your way or things don't go well. So let me close with a few verses for you to think about this week. First from James 2, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet various trials, like when things don't go your way, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And that just means there's an old fashioned word my mom used to use, stick-to-itiveness, that you stick with something. And that's what trials do. They make us more hardy. They give us more resolve. And then the last one here is a good reminder from Philippians 4.4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I've had some problems recording this story this week. Just different things didn't go well. And I started to complain and I laughed to myself at the irony of me talking about these verses and me complaining. None of it comes easy because we're all prone to disappointment complaining, and discontentment. But if you know Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit who indwells you, and you can act right by His power. If you don't know Jesus, you can by faith admit that you're a sinner, believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose again, and confess Him with your mouth. We are praying for all those who listen to our podcasts. We'll be back next week, the Lord willing. Bye for now.